0: So, uh, uh, in a uh, filing under Clayton makes mistakes a lot. Uh, Last week, I I preached a sermon on 2 Corinthians 5, which I shared was just a very precious and important passage to me, and after I was done, shortly thereafter, Ben comes up to me and says, did you mean to skip the scripture reading today? And uh, the answer was no. So, as I was telling you about this passage is one of my favorites, and it's so important, I... I decided to, through forgetfulness, prevented it from even being read. So I hope that you all went home and read it later. I do apologize for that. Logan and Ben have instructions to just charge the stage if I I miss the scripture reading again in the future. I wanted to start out today by telling you a story that happened to me while I spent a summer, um, I've shared before, in 2005 in West Africa. And we spent most of that time in Ghana. And one of the things that we did while we were in Ghana is we went around and we did these medical clinics in these villages. We did them for a few reasons. One was because medical help was was very needed there. But also because there was an organization that was going to be planting churches in the villages we were doing the medical clinics in in the next few weeks. So part of the process is people would come in and, and they would... Receive treatment for, for various medical issues that they had, and they would also then hear the gospel, and we kind of paired those things together. But a logistical problem came up after our first medical clinic. These kids from the village we were in and the surrounding villages just flooded us, and we didn't know what to do with them because we had, there was a translation barrier, and they were just excited to be near what was going on. So we decided to start doing little vacation Bible school things with each of the kids. And we brought crafts and so on with us. And so a few weeks later, it was my turn to be in charge of the VBS during the medical clinic. So my friend Katie and I, we went, and we were, we were leading this kind of vacation Bible school for the day, because the medical clinic lasted for about five hours, and so we were supposed to entertain these kids for about five hours, which is a very, very long time to entertain kids through a translator with crafts. And after about an hour and a half, the kids, getting bored as kids do, decided to kind of storm the crafts, take the bags, and run off. And so two or three made off with all the rest of the activities that we had planned for the day. So we were indoors in the heat with no more games for the kids. And we thought, we don't know what we're going to do, but we've got to go back. So we walked back to the medical clinic, and we, we kind of sent the kids you know away. And as we, as we approached, our team leader comes running out, waving his hands, and he said, what are you doing? Don't bring them back here. And we turn around, and it wasn't just the kids we had for our our VBS exercise. We don't know where the rest of the kids came from, but we'd had about 30 and there were almost 100 that were just, the kids had multiplied and were following us. And so without a translator, because the translator had gone home, we didn't know what to do. I kind of made motions to get them into a circle, and I thought, well, for the next three and a half hours or so, I guess I'll entertain them out in the open as best I can without translation. So, you know, we played games, and I, 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 I would have them mimic my poses, and I would like say the alphabet and try to make it fun, and, and we did this for hours, and at the end of it, I'm just dripping sweat, and I'm exhausted, but a translator finally arrives, and I think I have the chance now to tell these kids about the gospel. And so we had everyone sit down, and I'll tell you what, I don't know how long I talked I'd like to think it was relatively brief, but if you are familiar at all with my sermons, you'll know that that was likely not the case. And so I, I took them as best I could through the story of the Bible. And as I'm, as I'm nearing the, the, the gospel, I'm getting so excited. and I tell them about Jesus and, and who he is and these kids. There's a hundred of them, and they're just sitting still, and that's less to do with my storytelling and more to do with the fact that they they don't have this kind of thing happen to them very often, and I noticed I was getting weak and I was getting dizzy, and so I I told them about Jesus, and I told them about him being able to be their Lord and Savior, and then I, I prayed the end, and as I opened my eyes afterwards, I get emotional about this thinking about it, there was a man who raised his hand, he had a question. An African man. And, and so I, I called on him, I asked him what his question was, and he said, so what, what happens to people who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And I realized that in the midst of my exhaustion and, and everything from the day, I, I didn't finish the story. You know, I, I finished it with Jesus' resurrection, but not, not what it means for us when we join him, when we become members of God's kingdom. And so I go on and I tell that part of it about Eternal life, the promise that we have in the gospel. And afterwards, on the bus back to, our, back to our guest house, I was talking to my team and they had stopped with the medical clinic and they were, they were there with me at the circle at the end and I, I was looking around for the volunteer that had asked the question because he'd spoken perfect English and, and he had to be kind of with our group. My team didn't remember anyone raising their hand and asking a question. And I don't know what to do with that sometimes. But I know this, that God desires His gospel to be preached. And through His Spirit, He empowers and enables us, and He will not let anything stand in its way. In something like, the person giving the message, forgetting to tell the most important part of the story, isn't something that stops God from accomplishing His work. So was it an angel that was there? Did the Spirit just prompt me? And in my exhaustion, I remembered a person asking, I, I don't know what to tell you. But I know that God does amazing things still today. And with that, I want to tell you about the story of Pentecost. Now, you'll notice, we don't, I'm, I'm going to give you the single-sentence summary at the end today, and we're going to kind of put it together piece by piece, and the pieces should come up behind me on the screen. Now, 600 years before Jesus, the prophet Joel was given a promise by God for his people. You see, God had made several promises to Israel. And as the Israelites looked around, they could see that not all of these promises had been fulfilled. So Joel shared this message with them, a message that God had given them and asked him to share. He told them about the day when God would fulfill these promises he'd made. He would promised Abraham all these years before that one day through him a blessing would come to all people. Now we know that that descendant of Abraham is Jesus. And so all these people, all these people that Joel was speaking to, all these people that Joel was speaking to had had no idea of what was waiting for them in the future, of what promise God had. And so... Joel tells them that in that day, in that future day, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophecy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit and they will prophecy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 600 years before Jesus is born, God, the prophet Joel, gives that promise, and then, can you imagine standing there the day that promise is fulfilled? The Holy Spirit descends, and these people begin speaking in tongues. They begin prophesying, and everyone hears in their own Heart, language. I can't even imagine. To realize you're standing in the moment that prophecy's is being fulfilled. Now Peter, he wanted everyone to know that there was a reason that the Holy Spirit was doing what he was doing. The Holy Spirit does a lot of things, but one of the most important is this. He uses Christians to tell God's story. He empowers us, encourages us, gives us the words to say when He needs to, for us to tell God's story. And He removes any obstacle that needs to be removed so that we can share that story with the world. This moment, Pentecost was part of God's story. Now, because of the promises of God, because of the life and the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, God was sending his spirit upon the church, and the world would never be the same. Sometimes people ask me why I love church history so much. And some people, if you love history, you love it. And if you don't love history, well then you wouldn't love to study church history, I imagine. But but it's something that I, I really do enjoy, and I enjoy it for a lot of reasons. And one of them is this. God's story doesn't end with the New Testament. That story, by the power of his Holy Spirit, has been happening for the last 2,000 years in the church. And it's an incredible story. And it's a story about him. God's story is about him. We make such a mistake if we open our Bibles and if we think that they're about us. It's so important for you to remember that this book, when you pick it up and you read it, this book is not about you, and it's not about me, and it's not even about the church. If it was, if it was about me, I don't think that, that I'd really feel compelled to read it. I, don't, I, I think at first I would to find out that there was a, a big story about me and about what I'm supposed to do. I think that that would compel me for a while, but I think I'd bore quickly. I'm not actually exciting enough to to require a compelled reading of Scripture for very long. And there's a trap that we evangelical Christians, we have to be careful of. The primary purpose of this book is not to tell me how to get to heaven. Now that's in there, and And it's important. Please hear me. That's important. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's important. And it's in there. And we receive that, hear that, learn from that, and are formed by that when we read. But more than that, More than that, the Bible is a book about our God. It's about him, about the being who created the world and who sustains it moment by moment. It's a story about his love and his righteousness. It's a story about how even when his creation rejected him, he never rejects us. It's a story about a God who even when every person is not faithful, will always remain faithful. It's a story about our God who loves us so much that he became human. He emptied himself and died on the cross as a sacrifice for sins. And it's a story about our God who sends us his Holy Spirit to empower us and equip us and to use us as his hands and his feet and his voice. And it's a story about our God who is close, who's coming back one day, and who will be with us forever. That's the story in the Bible. It's the story of the Scriptures. And, it's, and because it's a story about Him, there will never be a time when it's not important for us to read. It's never a story we'll know well enough that we, we don't need to read it anymore. It's never a story that that we should only pick up when we're bored or we feel compelled to. It's more important than that. It's a story that forms us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter with Him. It's God's story, and it's about Him. Now, I hope you wouldn't, but you could ask here, so what? What does God's story have to do with me today, here in 2018 at Calvary Community Church? Why does that matter to me? It matters to you because God's story is still being told, and you're part of it. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become an important part of that story. That's your Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And it's when your part in God's story truly, really begins. Of course, He knows you before then. And of course, He works in and around and through you, whether you know it or not, even before then. But you become a character in God's story when your Pentecost happens, when you respond with faith to Jesus Christ, and receive His Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this. God wants to use your life in an incredible way as a part of His story. And that's what we mean when we talk about your calling. Whether God has equipped and called you to to be single or to marry, to be a farmer or a doctor, To be a stay-at-home father or mother. To be an engineer or a teacher or an accountant or whatever. Probably some combination of a great many things. This is why we can never let ourselves believe that our calling isn't important because it's the role God has in mind for us as part of his story. There's callings that all of us Christians have. We're all called to participate in sharing the gospel, to telling others about the faith that we have. All of us are called to that. All of us are called to love one another, to have his love show itself through the way we treat other people. All of us have that calling, and all of us have specific ones too. Whatever your calling is, he plans to use you As a part of his story. And this is a a gigantic story. It's a testimony to his love and his grace. And you have a part in it. And while all of our stories will be different. We're part of the chapter of God's story. That began that day at Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came down. And we really step into our role. When Pentecost happens within us. And we receive his Holy Spirit too. You know, sometimes my heart can confuse me. Our hearts are fickle. Some of you have heard me say this. A bunch of times, I'll say it again. One phrase I cannot stand that's so common in our culture is the phrase, follow your heart. I can think of a lot of things that are better for me to follow than my heart because it changes its mind, it has moods, it's fickle, it's unreliable, and often it tells me things that aren't true. I can't make my heart feel the way I want it to feel, so it's not a good idea for me to let it lead me. Maybe your heart is different, but but that's the way that mine is. I can know all these things about my calling. I can know all these things about God's story. I can understand that I have a role to play. That this God who, who has made me and sustains me and gifted me and equipped me and given me his Holy Spirit... I can know that I need to know him. I can know that when I go to his story and his word, it'll change me. It'll form me into who he wants me to be. I can know all of those things. And sometimes it's still hard to pick this up and read it. Isn't that strange? Maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe you've developed a habit over a number of years to read it every day. And that's good. You should. I work on that too. But maybe you're like me, and sometimes on those days that you've set aside to dive into God's Word, to spend time in prayer, asking Him how He wants to use you that day, it's hard. Maybe it's it's, it's just hard to focus. Maybe it's hard to want to. Maybe it's hard to understand what you're reading. And because of all those things, our heart kind of pulls against us from spending that time in His presence, from from learning about, thinking about, dwelling on our place in God's story, from committing to playing our part, living out our calling, well, sometimes our hearts pull against us. Well, what do you do about that? What do you do when when you struggle to spend time In God's word, learning about the story you're part of. What do you do when you have a hard time going to God and saying, God, help me to live out my calling? What do you do when you don't know what your calling is yet? And you're having a hard time going to him in prayer, spending time and listening. What do you do? Well, the first thing you do is practice. You practice remembering that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and receive his Holy Spirit, you are part of that story now. You practice remembering that God is telling a story that you're part of and learning about it, reading about it, sitting inside of the word and letting it change you, even if it's boring, even if it's hard to understand. You practice. You try. A very practical note, if you don't have a habit of reading scripture, I suggest that you use our scripture reading that we our, our scripture reading plan that we have. You can get one of those today from me or from Pastor Ben. But, but form a practice and start small. If you're like me and you get excited sometimes and you think, you know what? I'm going to read a book of the Bible every day. I'm going to start with the book of Matthew today. I'm going to be done with the New Testament in a week and then I'm going to have the whole Bible in two. That that's not likely to last. You can't sustain that. You have to build up to it. It's like exercising. It's like lifting weights. You have to build on a practice. So do that. If you don't have one today, let me challenge you to develop one and start small. You know, If you read a chapter of the New Testament a day, you'll finish it in a year. And that would be a wonderful practice to begin. One of our Bible reading plan cards would be great or we could, we could put something together for you to go through the whole Bible if you'd like. But start small. Spend time every day asking God, what is it you have for me today? I know I'm called to be a husband. God, how do you want me to be a husband today? How do I live out my role, my calling? God, I'm going to work today. What do you want from me today? Practice and remember that He has in mind for you work to do. Maybe it's just doing the job well. Maybe it's loving the people around you while you do it. Maybe it's spending that time with Him in prayer. Practice every day spending a little bit of time in God's Word and in God's presence as you pray. And ask Him, Lord, what is it you have for me today? This book is the very best place for us to learn about the author and the main character of God's story. And the story of Pentecost. story of the Holy Spirit coming. You can learn about it and you can hear about it. You can read Acts chapter 2 over and over again. But it's not going to mean anything to you until it happens to you. And so if that's you today, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon the church, and that just doesn't make any sense to you, and if that's an experience you've never had, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, if you've never repented and asked to be forgiven of your sins, if you've never received His Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to do that today. Please come after service and Find Pastor Ben or myself or one of our deacons. And we would love to talk to you about that. And once that has happened to you, or if that has already happened to you, I want to challenge you today to spend every day from now on in His story, in His Word, and in His presence. To learn your role and to live it well by His Spirit and His power. God is telling a story. It's about Him. And you become a part of it when Pentecost happens to you. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you thankful for blessings. We love you and we praise you. And we ask for you to be with us. Fill us up, Lord, with your spirit and your presence. Help us to never feel like you're far away. But Lord, in those times that we do, when we feel like you've gone away or you're far from us, help us to remember that we can't always listen to what our hearts tell us. Help us to know that we all have a calling and that none of our callings are small or insignificant. Help us to remember that if our calling is to a job, is to a role as a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, a single person, a friend, any of them, that they are important, that they're big, that they're significant because they're roles in your story, Lord, and you want to use us as part of it. Give us courage when we need courage. Give us wisdom when we need wisdom. Lord, use us as your hands and your feet and your voice. We pray these things. Your son's holy and precious name. Amen.